This is Craig. I play for DU football. I know both Sams personally. I don't even listen to this fucking show. This is the DU football show. Uh, Craig ain't playing much of anything right now. I got a picture from him with uh, like big old scar on the side of his ankle from uh, the cast that just got removed from yeah, when he exactly. fucked that up. Uh, Craig, Craig likes to get hurt a lot. His days may be over. Yeah, sometimes he doesn't die. Start the show. Born in the land of Bowie, Maryland. Bred to be a fan of fucking Everton. Punch you in the eye and drink your rye. Sam Houston. Sam Houston? Arsenal fans have another Sam. Right AA, the fucking Gooner Graham. Stuff of a lord. Hello and welcome to the DU Football Show, a completely biased recap of the midweek's action of the English Premier League is told by two common American schmucks. I'm your host, Sam Houston, and across the way from me, one fucking day left, my friend. One fucking day is my co-host, Samuel Graham. Sammy, how we doing, brother? 24 fucking hours, mate. (laughs) So people listening to the show here automatically think they're like, oh, yeah, there's been a lot of fixtures. And they've been, no, no, we're both in liquor sales, as we talk about in a few moments. And this is this tomorrow's the day you just sell your soul. You feel feel a lot dirty tomorrow. A lot dirty tomorrow. Silkworm shower doesn't take care of the dirt coming off your body after tomorrow. I spent $35 today to not have to worry about two things tomorrow. <laughs> just to get it over and done with. Like, oh, that's what we're talking about. $35 here. Just take it, leave me alone. Go, Just go away. We're recording at the DU Public House just outside the nation's capital. You can check us out on all podcast platforms. Please be sure to rate, subscribe, review, and share with a footballing friend. By the way, Spotify, you can now rate. So please, if you're listening to us on Spotify, hit the show right there on the side. It says rate it. Give it a quick five stars. It would mean the world to us. Yes, should you want to chat with us, there is many ways that you can. Mr. Graham, tell the good people how they can get in touch. Absolutely. We are at DU Football Show on all the social medias. Uh, in the bio of those social medias, you'll find the DU Drip Shack, yeah. which is where you can find all of our sweet swag. Um, we are DU Football Show at gmail.com to get in touch via email. And another way to support the show is at our Patreon, patreon.com backslash DU Football Show. Uh, for five bucks a month, you get all the extra content, uh, which is basically two extra shows a week. So, yeah. And on double weeks like this, it's four extra yeah. shows. Whole lot of extra shows. So, yep. Love it. Sam and myself both work in the wine and spirits industry and both have a deep, passionate love for all things distilled spirits, even though it might run us into the ground sometimes. But as the red-blooded Americans we are, we vow to have a drink in our hand throughout this show and every single show. Sam, since we're across the Zoom waves again, you're drinking and I'm drinking. So why don't you tell me what you're drinking first? Yeah, so uh, as you all heard on Monday, a little blood pressure problem. So uh, uh, this is my first foray back into alcohol (laughs) in Mm -hmm. four days. Um, I'm just going with one glass of the Ragged Branch Double Oaked um, in honor of Sam's hard and valiant efforts at the beginning of this year. Uh, (laughs) I hear you got jokes. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, This is their weeded bourbon uh, that has been twice barreled. Um, This is batch one, bottle 1034, which is pretty cool. Uh, It's 90 proof. Uh, It's excellent. 
it's delicious. You could definitely take. I think is it uh, sherry butts that's used on the second barrel? No, just new, just another new American white, but oh, really? uh, a four char, get... a four char instead of a three char. Okay, because I do get some little bit of chocolate and uh, some dark fruit notes on it. To be honest, excellent, very good, love it. It's it's a fabulous whiskey. Yeah, that uh, that took a gold medal, and uh, they had a very 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 successful year in uh, the Maryland Mid Atlantic market that. Uh, um, I took a small part of and uh, part in and uh, very proud to see that they're doing very well in the market and things are going their way for them. I would also like to say I would tell you how much this costs, but when you have cool fucking friends, you get it for free. <laughs> it's exceptionally true. About forty nine ninety nine to fifty four ninety nine, depending on where you get it and uh, how much they're carrying and all that good stuff. If they're buying the case deals, they're able to be at uh, forty nine ninety nine, which is a great price for that. There you go. Especially for something that's double oaked. That's not, that's normally, that's automatically over $50 every time. So I am drinking from the Game of Thrones collection. Decided to have a little uh, whiskey minus the E tonight. The House Tyrell Kleinelish single malt. So little um, (coughs) Speyside single malt. Nice, simple. This is your classic headbutt cherry, um, you know, hogshead. So American white oak on the outside. And uh, sherry butt and uh, head for the uh, for a little bit of both flavors. Nice, light, easy drinking. A um, little bit of smoke, but not peaty in that regards. And figured with producer Mel having a bit of a head cold, probably a little bit of uh, Scottish whiskey, a little single malt would probably do the trick. Uh, this one runs you, uh, if you can still find it, because uh, the series has been done now for a couple of years, but there's still bottles on the shelf. Going to run you about 45 to uh, 50 99 Okay, awesome. Uh, Want to remind everybody to please drink responsibly. And before we get into the action, I want to pitch to you two, and Mel, if you could write this down for Sam to reference later, please. Uh, five show titles from this past year for our closing words that I want you to decide what the best show title from this calendar year was. Okay. All right. Just to close the year out, a little fun, something, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, so we had episode 40 of last season, the condom of football. <laughs> <laughs> okay. I never even remember what that was in reference to me either. <laughs> I was just looking through some of them today and it was, it was brilliant. Chest testicles, Chest- which testicles. Uh, it chesticles. should have been chesticles, yeah. which is lovely. Uh, fantastic. Uh, ice cream social was pretty good. <laughs> I remember ice it was cream social. Like, ice cream social in the middle of the field, wasn't it? Yep. Yeah. Um, well done, Obama, which I think. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that was me. I think probably wins, to be honest. <laughs> and then uh, uh, New Cast Holes. New was another holes. Was another good one. Missed by a Bee's Dick is up there. Shithousery is up there. Um, but yeah, I just wanted to, uh, pitch that to you and see what you think is our best show title of 2021. I like the condom of football. (laughs) I I think that's a fucking brilliant title. (laughs) Really good. Really, really good. But well done, Obama, I think is, it has to be up there for clickbait status. I still roll my (laughs) eyes at that one. And that is one of our more downloaded shows too. I know. (laughs) Somebody looking at that going. Yeah, yeah, screw Obama. What this they talk about soccer? This is what the <laughs> hell am I listening to? That was brilliant. I thought I thought I was coming to InfoWars. What the hell? 
Oh, come on. There's got to be a football player named Brandon, right? Oh, I got to assume so. All right. With that being said, let's go ahead and get into the action, kids. Let's do it. Make do with what you can. All right. They say you got to have a uh, short memory in in most things, particularly your last defeat. And oh boy, did Leicester forget about Manchester City. Leicester City won, Liverpool nil. Uh, Foxes on two days rest put in one hell of a gutsy performance. Yeah, I would also say that there was a lot of positives to take from that match against Manchester City, despite giving up six goals. They didn't remember roar back from four nil down to four three. Yep. Now, so there were a lot. There were a lot of positives to take, but Liverpool were really on top, and it was all one way traffic this entire game. Oh God, yeah. The entire the the only really the only thing, and and it's what I kind of write second is that Liverpool just couldn't get the ball in the back of the net, and it wasn't even so much that there's opportunity, and then there's real honest chances. They held control of the ball, but. They barely put any shots on net. They and really now only didn't... four shots on target from 21 overall. But Leicester, that being said, only scored, I'm sorry, scored on their only shot of the game. Mm-hmm. That was, uh, uh, that Klopp, was on target. Klopp brought that up in his post-presser. He was like, they had one shot. They scored. <laughs> what are you supposed to do? Well, it was it was a hell of a shot. I mean, I, I honestly, in, in terms of their finishing and, and the final ball, I think Liverpool really looked sluggish. I mean, their their conversion rate this season is amongst the best in the league. And four shots on target from, or, uh, from uh, 21 overall is a piss poor return. Yeah. Um, especially as close to full strength as they were. I mean, that really Alex Oxlade-Chamberlain is the only person that you could say doesn't really start regularly for them. Every The other 10 were... They're regular players. It, it felt like they were just kind of going through the motions, like the goal's going to come. Okay, we didn't get the penalty, and all right, there was the the the, the rebound went off the bar. Okay, but but we'll get, we'll be all right. We'll 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 get it. We'll get it. And it just never came by the end of the first half. And then by the second half, they didn't really come out with much more intensity. They still controlled the game, but it wasn't like this. We have to score a goal, kind of. Yeah, mentality. they never really overloaded or overran Leicester, to be honest. I yeah. mean, it was, you never really, I didn't at least worry for Leicester in this game. It, it was, was tons of control, one way traffic, but not getting anywhere. It just seemed mm-hmm. like it was in Leicester's end of the field, ball being passed around. Exactly. Nothing else. Now, now that being said, Casper Schmeichel was playing like his dad. Mm-hmm. I mean, the the penalty save and then the the you know followed the second shot up and then mm-hmm. you know made himself big for most solid to fuck the third shot off yeah you know he did very very well um gotten away with some crosses which obviously don't count as shots but it was his intervention where against city put the ball back out into the mixer for i think it was sterling to score mm-hmm. here held on to the ball or you know clawed it away to to one of his teammates um now they dodged a couple bullets wilford and Didi. Uh, being one of them, getting turned by Sal in the box, who was only able to fire into the side netting. You had Mane clean through, put it over the bar, uh, went for power instead of placement. And, um, you know, they, they did have to ride their luck from time to time. But Casper Schmeichel was on his shit and, and Leicester were committed. They were fairly organized and, and really, you know, defensively sound, to be, to be quite frank. Kieran Dewsbury Hall. Stand the fuck up and be counted, son. The best 
player on the pitch was the most inexperienced player on the pitch. Just too young and too dumb to know any better. Just fucking played his ass off. And local lad as well. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, he he really does possess. If based on a few performances this season, he he does have the ability to go on to be an England international. I think um, he's an excellent player. Al, uh, Adamola Lookman though did very well to retain uh, his balance after that little coming together and a, a bit of a fortune to break the way the ball fell. Um, but he retained his balance, turned, got on it, cut inside a little bit, which drew uh, Alexander Arnold to him. And then found Dewsbury Hall very, very well, who was a, an experienced run, to be honest. He, he, mm-hmm. Coming down the right, he cut in just enough. And with the, the absence of Jordan Henderson and Trent Alexander-Arnold, who did not track him, uh, as, as Lookman put him in, and for that matter, didn't track Lookman after he continued no. his run. No. Um, he cut in just enough that and at the right time that made Matip step out and open up the space for Lookman, who was already hauling ass. Yeah. Found him with a great pass. It was a good first touch, good feet to slow himself down, good balance again, as I say, cut inside. And then for everything that the falling shot that St. Maximon had the other day, that was finesse and beauty. This was brute fucking strength. Oh, yeah. And and near post at that. I'm going to rip the shit out of this and I dare you to stop it. Yeah. And it was it was a wonderful, wonderful shot uh, again. (laughs) Um, And without, you know, his standing leg being on the ground when it happened. Yeah. Yeah. It was beautiful. Yeah. It's uh, uh, and and also, although that was the only shot on target, Lester had a few opportunities and that actually had to make that defense stay back a little. They had to respect what Vardy can do on a counter. And because of that, you're then elongating the field and you're not able to get all the pressure you want and all the kind of, you know, the, the beauty of what Klopp's all, you know, full throttle assault is, is that it's this really contained pressure and you just can't get it out. Right. And- it's that their, their ability to recycle the ball is is brilliant if you get it clear right but you've got alexander arnold you've got the two center backs you've got andy robertson or some collection of the two or three of them that is just by themselves up top occupying one striker usually yeah. and you're able to just quickly gather recycle the ball back in but and, lester and you can't get out of your own half lester would brilliantly counter it forced them to have to play back a little bit more and that little bit of open space makes a ton of difference on the attack pressure coming from uh, from Liverpool. Klopp surprisingly not all excusey like he normally is. He was like, "Dad, they played better than us. They deserved it. We didn't take advantage of opportunities. We didn't finish." Like it was like, "Who are you and what have you done with Jurgen Klopp?" I mean, <laughs> <laughs> you know, I mean, <laughs> yeah. I mean, I, I think he kind of got the. A lot of the press that I've seen have been blasting him and Tuchel in particular for the stance they've taken over the last 10 days um, about how everyone's exhausted and this, that, the other. And we'll come on to in a minute, but just a quick stat. There was about 200 million pounds sitting on Chelsea's bench against mm-hmm. Brighton. Yeah. Uh, we don't have the, we don't have the talent. We don't have the, you know, we don't have the players right now. Well, Turn around, cut. They're right yeah. there. They're right you know there. I mean? Right there. Literally. They're about right three there. feet behind you. Yeah. You have, you have you know plenty I mean? of talent directly behind you. 
Exactly. So I, and, and I think he knew in this game, you know, there was, they were the better side. I mean, Liverpool were the better side. They controlled everything. Um, they quadrupled Leicester shots, as we said already. I mean, they did everything they were supposed to do except score. You can't compensate. What, what's the word I'm trying to say? You can't schedule for Mo Salah to miss a penalty. There's going to you be know, matches it, where the ball just doesn't go in the fucking net. Yeah, this was it, that it, match. Ha- it, it happens. It just wasn't their fucking day. Now, here's the question. Six points. Is this too much, maybe, for Liverpool to make up? So there still has to be a Manchester Derby. There still has to be Liverpool City. There still has to be Chelsea City. Mm-hmm. So no. Is it too much to make up? No. Is it, you know, would I begin to write M-A-N-C on the Premier League trophy? Probably. Since we had three matches uh, postponed due to COVID, uh, by the way, hey, kids, it's a No Malort show. Yay. Why is that, Sam? Because none of us played. Yay. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, rounding out the rest of the league. And oh, so that happened. Crystal Palace 3, Newcastle nil. Southampton 1, Tottenham 1, <laughs> West Ham 4, Watford 1, Chelsea 1, Brighton 1, Man City 1, Brentford 0, Manchester United 3, Burnley 1. No Zaha, no Gallagher, no fucking problem, apparently. Well, we said the other day that it, the, it was going to have to come from uh, from uh, Edward. Yep. He was going to be it, and I, I believe... Uh, little Sam Stradamus, I mentioned Jeffrey Schlupp's name as well. Yes, you did. <laughs> and that's exactly what happened. I mean, it was despite Norwich having um, about the same shots on target and about 50% possession, I never worried for Palace in this game. Norwich looked toothless. Uh, Timu Puki was out, which doesn't help. And and it was really another pretty pitiful fucking display from them, in my opinion. Yeah. Um, it, and it Palace might get real ugly here now for Norwich. Oh, absolutely, it could. And 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 Palace, you know, pounced on that. It was you know, Casper, the friendly midfielder, Will Hughes, won the penalty in the fourth minute or whatever it was. Um, the only person paler than uh, Kevin De Bruyne in the league. Yes, <laughs> yes, absolutely. Um, <laughs> uh, and which he dispatched expertly, and then had the next two assists. You know, to uh, to Mateta and to. Um, mm-hmm. uh, Schlup Mateta, that's someone who hasn't been getting to play a lot. Got the opportunity, yeah. looked fan, looked fantastic. Uh, you know, as a not in the lineup. Imagine now this is a young team and there's still a lot to go, but the bones are there. Imagine if these guys start to figure out how to work together and learn each other. This could be a very good team next year. Like yeah. really fucking good team next year. Absolutely. They could. And honestly, my opinion, they looked a little bit better without Zaha. They yeah. look like they weren't hamstrung. You know what? Let's get it to him and see what happens. Let's get it to him. Let's see what happens. And then he gets double teamed, gets pissed off and gets sent off. You know what yeah. I mean? It's one of those where without him, it kind of frees the rest of the team up to express themselves. Mm-hmm. Uh, we'll see what happens, obviously. I mean, you know, what, who who has the nuts to drop Wilfred Zaha, right? Right. In, in a team like Palace. But they've... You know, they, they came through in the clutch here. They, they really stepped up and they kept it together. They were organized. They were ruthless. They were everything you wanted them to be. And Patrick Vieira could very well be building something special here. Yeah. And, and it's funny because we looked at it when we did the, uh, the 20 clubs, 20 supporters, 
we kind of, you know, Brad was very chesty about, you know, look, we've, we've improved a lot. We've made a lot of very shrewd young signings, some really, really good players here. And, you know, kind of everybody kind of just kind of laughed at it. Like, "Eh, okay, yeah, sure. Whatever. And, and, no, no, they have. They really have. And and they got the right guy coaching this team. And the, there's there's still a long ways to go for, you know, let's see where they're standing at the end of the season, you know, because there's just there there's a lot that factors into it. But imagine if they start to work and Zaha works within this system too. Like it it'd be a very dangerous team next year. A very yeah. dangerous team that will have time off and won't have to worry about all the European stuff and they can focus on the league and could really cause some problems. Absolutely. I could see them contending for a Europa league or Europa conference league place next season. Yeah. Um, For Norwich, I'm very intrigued to see what does Dean Smith do with this team now that it's been a couple of very toothless ass whoopings. And do they um, respond to him putting a boot in their ass to try to get them back to playing? Because at least under him at first, maybe not getting all the points, but they at least looked positive. Like, so it's, I'm a little worried uh, about what, what this next, the rest of the run of matches for Norwich is going to mean in the next couple of weeks. I'll just pour Dealey Smith another champagne. It'll be fun. <laughs> Very good. Um, all Spurs, but Saints caught every one of the fucking breaks. Absolutely. Time, timely saves, calls that went their way, balls that hit the post. It just it seemed like everything that could have possibly gone wrong for the Spurs went wrong. Well, it was a decent start from Southampton, though. I mm-hmm. mean, they they were pushing the issue a bit, um, you know, winning a couple corners, a couple throw-ins deep in, in uh, Tottenham's territory. Uh, and a great goal from James Ward-Prowse. What a fucking strike that was. Excellent My, go- my goodness. I, it didn't touch a single person on the way through, I don't nope. think. Nope. Just a rip. It was just, it was just lovely. Um, but then, obviously, in the 39th minute, it all went downhill when Salisu got sent off for a, a stupid challenge. Mm-hmm. Forrester's been playing his nuts off so far. Let him try to make the save. Right. Right. You know, you, you leave that player or, or marshal him, come up beside him, maybe try to put him off, but you go back your goalkeeper up. You know what I mean? You, if we got a hand to it and it bounced behind him, you should be in the recovery position already mm-hmm. instead of making that challenge. That's absolutely fucking schoolboy stuff. Yeah. Agreed. And I, I don't know what he was doing there now because it was a second yellow. It wasn't a straight red. Remember it was a second yellow. So there was no double jeopardy. He was making a genuine attempt on the ball. Mm-hmm. It would have probably behooved him to just go straight into son's Achilles. <laughs> Yeah, because then there would have been no double jeopardy. Right. Exactly. They, there there would have been, you know, or I'm sorry, there would have been double jeopardy and no red card. Right. Yep. There you know what I mean? But he made a no genuine. Red. Oh, no, I'm sorry. No, it's so, I'm confused here. Actually, it's the other way around. If you make a genuine attempt for the ball, you shouldn't be sent off. But he that apparently was worthy of a yellow card, but he already received one. Mm-hmm. There we go. I talked myself into a circle. That's. I, st- I, I still think that's double jeopardy yeah. from earlier in the game. I do. And question- shouldn't have, he shouldn't have been sent off for that, but um, it, it's a rash challenge. It was stupid. Yeah. I do question uh, earlier in the game, the free kick that uh, went in that the offsides was called for because the furthest man 
outside of the pipes was offsides running onto like and the ball's going across the face of the goal. I don't understand where a guy on the far post completely out of the play is a distraction to the keeper on a ball that's coming directly across in front of the keeper. Was I, this Harry Kane's goal? Uh, no, he had one that was called off later, but there was the free kick that was earlier in the match. It just, it didn't make sense to me. I mean, I get why they called it. He was off sides, but I didn't feel like he was involved in the play right. at all. And then Ke- Harry Kane's was a fraction, just barely off. Well, good. Uh, but yeah, so Harry Kane scored from the spot, obviously. Um, and Tom uh, Tottenham dominated the game after that, but they couldn't convert to save their lives. Part of it was being wasteful. Part of it was Fraser Forster being a good goalkeeper. And part of it was VAR, as yeah. we said, um, you know, they probably had two or three really clear cut opportunities. And I think twice the ball ended up in the back of the net uh, and VAR called it back. So, uh, you know, it, those, those, kind of breaks have happened since VAR has been a thing. And it's just, it's going to continue to be that way. There's no real consistency over game to game and referee to referee. And that's just, apparently we made it more complicated by adding in this fucking video thing. Well, you know, there's, there's that high bar, Sam, the high bar. Oh yeah. That, that and, dictates everything. Right. But it's also, what is it? A reasonable doubt? No, that's court. Yeah. What is it? What's their thing? What uh, is that high obvious. bar? What's it? Clear well, that, and obvious. It's a clear high, and obvious. High bar now so. is why they look at something if it doesn't reach a high bar of being overturned. So now it's just like, oh, you can just go, well, it didn't meet the high bar. Be like, well, he was grabbing him by the back of his shirt and pulling him to the ground. That doesn't reach a high bar. Oh, that's because he has a Manchester United patch on and not a Southampton patch on. Yeah. <laughs> it's, that's that's the high bar. The high bar is there's six clubs and they're above that high bar. <laughs> that's exactly what it is. Well, that's a um, Super League, man. Yeah. It, it, hey, I, I've, get, I've got the documents. <laughs> I've got the documents. I'm not going to grab them today, but I'm just telling you, got the documents. Uh, Watford, get another lead flounder it away and honestly not that West Ham was great West Ham just they executed yeah they were a bit more ruthless um but Emmanuel Dennis which we've uh, honestly become accustomed to now Sam real quick when you did him in the drunken transfer recap not that I expect you to remember this because it's the drunken transfer recap he was signed for four million pound from Club Bruges and we probably made the joke of Yet another Club Bruges player. How does Club Bruges even have players? Apparently they do. And that's a hell of a signing for four million. He's what? Number two or number three right now? Goal scorer in the Goal fucking round? Yeah. Yep. Something like that. I think this was eighth or ninth of the season. It, mm-hmm. It's fantastic. Um, and a great strike. Like I said, uh, decent feat to round Dawson, who went to ground too early, to be honest. And just four minutes in. And it was it was moving. It was bending. It was swerving. Um, from just inside the 18, and uh, it uh, gave Fabi- uh, Fabianski a ton of problems. Yep. So, uh, you know, what a strike. But the rust seemed to set in. Yeah. And they haven't played in about three weeks, you know, two, two three weeks, whatever it's been now. Um, and West Ham are match fit. They are firing at the moment, you know. And they came out, and, and it was just a couple of minutes later, uh, or not a couple of minutes, probably about 20 minutes later, Suchek scored, but then just two minutes after that mm-hmm. uh, is, is when the next goal arrived from um, uh, uh, Ben Ramos, who mm-hmm. it was Antonio uh, found that channel, found that space. 
Um, and there, from that point, from the two one, it looked pretty damn comfortable for West Ham to be to be fair. Yeah. Every save Fabianski had to make was routine. Uh, they were also helped by the penalty. Um, let me let me ask you the following: that didn't really feel like a penalty to me. I, I thought it was rather soft, and I'm thinking the reason why that penalty was called is because the keeper was going for the ball, but the keeper never touched the ball. Yeah, so it, it's it's a weird one. This is like when Sadio Mane nips his foot in front of Gomez uh, last year, mm-hmm. you know, just shielding the ball, even though he's not truly in possession of it, mm-hmm. and the penalty gets called, yeah. right? This is the same thing, except the goalkeeper is diving for it. Had the goalkeeper gotten any contact on that ball, it would not have been a penalty. I would say Hugo Lloris grabbed the player by the ankle, and that was not a penalty because – his fingertip barely touched the ball or hell again, Ederson and, uh, and Allison have both gotten away with flat out fouls in the box. And yep. if that's a penalty, how are those not like, that's well, again, really it, bad. We've talked about it. It's a consistency between referees, between VAR referees. And, and it's, it's a little bit ridiculous. You know what they need to clarify what these situations are is if it's if it's off the ball is it a foul yeah of course it fucking is you know if it's not on the ball it's still a goddamn foul and if he's in the box that's a penalty speaking about the ederson one yeah where he just went sliding into um was it sully march or somebody it was fraser is the newcastle Uh, match for newcastle game yeah you're absolutely right it's ryan fraser yeah i mean yeah, was it off the ball? Yeah. You know, the ball had already been played out to Ake or he had already intercepted or whatever, whoever it was. And he just took him out. Like, you, you can't fucking do that. Mate. But here's the bigger problem that comes from that then, right? Is because then they make a black and white call like they were doing with the handballs. And then it just becomes a fucking mess. Or, or you know, the the thin red line of seeing if somebody's fucking fingernail was offsides and calling offsides on that. So it's like... So I'm with the, you. There the, needs to be consistency, but the consistency shouldn't necessarily be a written law because if it's a written law, that is definitely going to get fucked up by VAR. I mean, but you got to think about it. Like the, the the handball, there are situations where the ball plays your hand. You weren't doing anything. You're right. just standing there. Right. You know, and how are you supposed to get out of the way or adjust your position? <laughs> but it's like if, you, if you're running full speed at me, right, and you have the ball and you put it just past me, but barrel me over, that's a foul on you. Right. I have a right to stand here. Right. What I can't do is move in the way of you and impede you. Right. right? So there, there is no there is no real, you know, uh, interpretation that needs to be had here. This is it, Ederson rugby tackled Ryan Frazier. Yeah, but should the- have been a penalty. But then the problem is, is then that's not going to get called though. And then, then well, you have something like, called, yeah. and then you have something like this that, frankly, probably shouldn't have been called. It was two guys going on to the ball. Like if they were both standing up, it would have been a shoulder to shoulder, and one of them would have fallen over, and nothing would have been called. The only difference here is that the other one's a keeper diving to try to make a save, but it's two guys going for lunging for the ball. Well, they're also going away from the goal. And I, yeah. I don't know. I couldn't tell by the replay whether or not Jared Bowen got a touch on the ball or not. Yeah. It but didn't, appear it didn't look did. like it to me. It looked like the spin of the ball is what took it yeah. out of bounds. Yeah, neither one of them touched the ball. And and then in that regards, too, you're looking at that, right? So there's it doesn't really appear to be any contact between the two. It looks like two people that are evenly going for the ball. And what does VAR do? It does the freeze frame shot of 
keeper falling into um, player without any context. And then at that point, the ref sees what he wants to see. I hate when they do that still frame because even in the instance where it's someone with the spikes up and you want to catch that, I say you got to catch it in, you could be slowed down, but it can't be just, here's a locked in pitcher. This is it. Because if you look at that, it will be exactly what you, whatever you want to interpret it as, it's that. It's done. There's no getting around that. I'm with you. I don't think there should be a freeze frame. I don't even think it should be slowed down more than halfway. Yeah. You can slow it down a little bit so you can kind of see what, you know, a little bit clearer picture of what happened, but it should be, you know, three quarter speed or full speed for replays and that's it. Yeah. Yeah. So like I said, I felt like now it it didn't ultimately matter because West Ham just ran away with it. And uh, well, yeah, I mean, Mark Noble scored that penalty, obviously was made it three one and the game was gone at that point, but then more great play from Jared Bowen opening his body up and finding Vlasic who hasn't really done anything since coming to West Ham uh, added the fourth and added time, but it was, it was brilliant from, from Bowen again, another fantastic performance from him. Yeah. Uh, And uh, also worth mentioning for uh, one, Mr. Noble, uh, he has scored every single calendar year since 2007 for West Ham in a Premier yeah. League match. How about that? Like, yeah. fuck it. it. It took the last day of, it took the second to last day of the year and it was, and it was right at the death and it was a penalty, but fuck it. That man has scored. Uh, Mr. West Ham. Every fucking year. It just incredible. This was a bit of a role reversal for Chelsea and Brighton. Typically it's the Brighton get a, you would expect like Brighton to get a lead and then Chelsea pushes and Brighton holds them off. This is, this is the story of any mid table club versus a big club, right? That you try to hold them off and then right at the end, they get the goal for the death. This was completely the other way around. Chelsea came out firing, got that goal. And then after that in the bridge, it was 100% Brighton. Brighton took the fucking game to him. Absolutely. Uh, and Chelsea are actually really fortunate that Ric Flair was leading the line for him. Because after the clothesline elbow and whoo type header that he had, mm-hmm. um, Chelsea were well in front. You expected him to go on 3-4-0, but they didn't. They fell back. They didn't push the issue. And Brighton grew into the game. And and then, as you say, controlled it from there on out. Yeah. Um, Eves Basuma was fucking brilliant in this game, as he usually is. Holding down the middle of the field, breaking up play. It was fantastic. Agitator. He got he got that little scuffle going with Mason, with Mason Mount Mason all Mount. in yep. his dome. Just just doing the 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 prick work. I'm just gonna fuck with you the yeah. whole match. I'm gonna but make also your winning the miserable. ball, he had a shot. He had a fantastic shot that went just wide. Mm-hmm. Uh, maybe his was the one saved. Either or doesn't matter. Um, but they but Brighton were actually pinning Chelsea back. Oh yeah, at, they're at all the over them. You had you had uh, uh, Motor went close. Basuma, as I said, mm-hmm. uh, Mope went close a couple times. Finally, the goal came through Danny Welbeck, uh, which for me, it's always a joy to see him score after, you know, former Arsenal lad. Right. But especially with such a header. I mean, that was when Leicester won the season, that second game we played them that put us top for the weekend. Mm-hmm. And he got that winner in stoppage time at the Emirates was this very similar <laughs> header to the one he scored. Took me right back. It was brilliant. Yeah. Oh, real quick, worth mentioning from the Lukaku goal, the shredding, throwing uh, Mope to the side. I did find it very humorous that Mope's grabbing his back of his shirt, got his arm wrapped around him, then realizes I'm not taking him down. 
this is a man, right? We, hey, well, did you not see what happened to Maddie Target last week? This is a man. And then he yeah, just kind of, he gets thrown to the ground. And he's like, oh, I got thrown to the ground. Motherfucker, you had your hands all over him trying to drag him down. No, so what I saw from that replay was he was squaring up, getting ready to grab him. Mm-hmm. The ball was starting to come in, so Lukaku clotheslined him. As he got clotheslined, he grabbed him. Lukaku got around him anyway, kind of dragged him with him, yeah. then elbowed him in the face, <laughs> then went, woo, like the flare. <laughs> Thought it was pretty. Thought it was pretty, pretty brilliant, and it's worth mentioning because I mean we're gonna have to now start looking for Lukaku's a man moments. Like, <laughs> like just watch some like small wing back get knocked off of him. Be like, what are you trying to do? Yeah, <laughs> like, what are you doing there? Just don't do that. Uh, well, Beck's goal was was bloody fucking brilliant. God, look like look like one of the dwarfs against the orcs in uh, Lord of the Rings. <laughs> just <laughs> bouncing right off of him. <laughs> um, now. Again, fucking Chelsea, another draw at the bridge against the team you should have fucking manhandled. You know, we say you don't win the title in December, but you can lose it. Absolutely. Chelsea's fucking losing it right now. Yep, big time. Um, It's a a terrible result for them. And you have Hakem Ziyech on the bench. You had all these different players on the bench, like, like we talked about before, 200 million pounds worth of talent on the bench. Kai Havertz as well. But, you Tuchel, don't bring... did, but Tuchel didn't have anything to, to use. Now everybody's exhausted. Well, Brighton played two days ago, and I love Graham Potter coming out afterwards. <laughs> Graham Potter's like, yeah, I didn't have any of my first-choice defense. I had to change my entire system because of it. Kukurea played a, a fucking the left uh, center back. Right. Um, in a back five, and he had Sully March playing wing back, one of his best attacking uh, wingers. Yeah. Um, but so he, he was like, yeah, I didn't have any of my back three, and Leandro Trossard, probably their most skilled player, because uh, Adam Lallana's older and can't do it game in, game out. I would say Trossard's probably their best. Their best I'd agree. Te- I'd agree. Technic- technically gifted player. Yeah. Um, but he said, you know, that's December. We're delighted with the point. And, uh, you know, it's part of the festive period and these COVID times. That's how it goes. Yeah, let's let's keep moving on. Yeah, and that was it. And Tuchel over there with his fucking budget, you know, Chelsea also released their numbers for the fiscal year. Mm-hmm. Posted a 146 million pound loss. Uh, it was in the 140 millions. I don't know if it was 146, but it was close to that. 140 odd uh, million pound loss. Um, you know what Roman Abramovich got in May? I think it was delivered to him. What? A six hundred ten million dollar yacht, a new super yacht, a third or fourth, I think, super yacht. Um, so wonder where Chelsea's Chelsea's losses are. Well, that's also, but let's remember, hundred and forty million in losses, and Everton's the team that has to worry about financial fair play, right? That's. You know, that that's how that fucking works. Got to gotta save those little clubs from themselves. The big clubs, they'll be all right. I also have a hot take about all this COVID shit. All right, well, go ahead and shoot before we get into uh, City Bright- Brentford. You should not be able, not you in particular, because other teams have done it too this season. Mm-hmm. Uh, but you shouldn't be able to lump in injuries with COVID. Okay. It should be a separate rule to suspend games. Because if you if say this was three years ago, right, 2019, nothing's going on yet, and you had 14 injured players, you'd be playing a youth team. It would not get rescheduled. Mm-hmm. And this year, 
part of it, you know, what Tuchel said, we've got this player out, this player out, you know, he has COVID or he just came back or whatever. Well, fuck you. Like, so what? <laughs> like, you know what I mean? I don't care who's injured, who has COVID, who can infect somebody else. You can't give somebody else a broken leg just by standing there. You know what I mean? I don't think you should be allowed to rope in injuries with COVID protocol. Oh, that's, that's what helped. That's what helped. Uh, it wasn't uh, Everton that the game was canceled, uh, postponed this week. It was Newcastle. No, that was Newcastle. Yeah, yeah, Newcastle yeah. I'm talking, about, yeah, but you last week. Oh, yeah. I, it's, I get, it, the other teams like uh, like City got away with it. And, and I didn't say it was just you or directed yeah, at you yeah, in yeah. particular. Yeah, other no, teams I, have gotten away with it. You're absolutely right. But remember, I start I started the season with two injured players and four COVID cases. I couldn't suspend anything. You you've already heard my opinion on it. I feel that an injury is an injury is an injury, even in the case of COVID, and you have to fucking keep on trekking along. That's just how it's gotta be. You gotta use youth players. We talked about that already. It's just what it is. That's I, I think you're treating one injury injure, injury differently than an under, other injury. Obviously the pandemic obviously the contagious factor of it i understand all of that but at the end of the day you are treating one injury more important than another injury and well you that, that's what i'm saying i think there should be one particular rule right if you have nine players with covid whatever the number i don't care what the number is whatever it is if you've got you know 11 11 out of your normal 16 has covid then fucking suspend it fine no problem but if you've got 11 players that have a broken leg well, you probably should have kept him fit and taught him to get the fuck out of the way. Yep, exactly. Uh, we we beat that into the ground at nauseum over the past couple of weeks. Bees came out swinging. Ultimately, City did what City did. It went, oh, okay, you want to kind of force the action a little? Hey, how'd that taste? Oh, wait, you're down now. <laughs> like, Well, fucking Ederson was forced into a few real moments of worry. Cancelo mm-hmm. uh, heading the ball off the line. Yep. Uh, I mean, it was Ederson save that, that allowed him to do it, but it was, it was, you know, he didn't get very good hands to it bounced underneath of him. As I said, with cash, um, with, um, uh, Salisu mm-hmm. should have been running behind Forster for this exact situation. Right. You know what somebody didn't do? Take fucking Embuemo out or whoever shot that ball. Ivan Tony, whoever it was. Well, I would say Ederson's uh, best save was against uh, uh, Ruben Diaz. His own player. Ruben <laughs> Diaz plays for him. He's his teammate. <laughs> problem there. Big problem. <laughs> it was a, fanta- a fantastic save. fucking save, though. Save it a game by far. It was absolutely brilliant. Just to hear. Um, <laughs> she, she walk it in halftime, and when they say, hey, great save, they'd be like, yeah, I shouldn't have to make those against you. Well, he was the first one. He turned around and was like, hey, (laughs) high five, motherfucker. High five. Well done. (laughs) Kick ball other way. Not at me. (laughs) That goal. Not this goal. (laughs) But um, following that opening spell, though, I mean, City turned to magic on as usual. They had like 74% possession again. I mean, they were just absolutely cruising. It was one-way traffic after that. Now, Brentford did very well to stay organized. Keeper made a couple of key saves. Um but the, I mean, fucking Rico Suave on the 16th minute, you'll never see another fucking, this is a goal that Sha- I would imagine shaft to score. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Right. I mean, it was, it was just the cool, the cooler than the other side of the pillow. <laughs> uh, you know, it, it was absolutely brilliant. That goal. Now, should it have been onside? Uh? If Harry Kane's was off, I think this was off too. It yeah. looked mighty fucking similar. Eh, just that high bar, Sam. You know, don't don't be bothered with anything. Just worry. Oh, about well, at the least high bar. well, at least they looked at it. Yeah, and then they, you know, then there was 
a couple more that got called off for uh, offsides as well. Yeah, I mean, this game could were... have been a lot more goals than it really was. Absolutely. But it was it was it was a good game. It was a lot of fun to watch actually. Um Brentford did break on occasion uh and and caused a few problems. City ultimately mopped it up, but it, it was a fun watch for me even though City pretty much dominated everything. Yeah, got to watch out. Brentford at home is not going to be an easy out. They're with the fans there. They're going to be ready to fucking play and Absolutely. And, and I, I think that will continue. Yeah, I yeah, very and much I, I think that'll continue uh long into the future. Uh, now, if we're going to talk about, uh, clearly there was no Wang this week because Wang was postponed. But if we're <laughs> going to talk about things like the Wang, we have to talk about the double-cocked <laughs> offensive threat of Manchester United and their solid double-cocked formation. The four-two-two-two. Yes. If you draw some semicircles around and split the back four up, and then take a shaft around each lot, column mm-hmm. of players on each side of the field. Uh, you have the old PPs, two the double PPs, two PPs, and then De Gea's the taint. If you were <laughs> if you were caught up on the recent season of Letterkenny, you'd be calling it two cock Shakur, <laughs> just two cock, two cock Shakur. <laughs> That's a new Letterkenny reference. Mm-hmm. <laughs> That's pretty good. Uh, another fucking. Sluggish performance from United. Another sluggish performance from United. I don't know what they're doing, but the double the the double prong uh, attack is not working out. <laughs> I, you know what, they still scored three goals, and you go, okay, great, that's looking good, but you're doing it against a team that, frankly, I think's fucking going down now. Well, it was yeah. I, I I could tend to agree with you there for sure, but I, I thought this performance from Burnley was a lot better. It was really down to unlucky, to be honest. I mean, that's a word football players throw around all the time, unlucky. Mm. But it really was. I mean, McTominay's goal was a good shot. It was against the run of play. He he used the defenders as a screen. Um, the second goal was Jaden Sancho getting a deflection. That shot was going wide and it would have been well beyond Ronaldo. Mm-hmm. Bed me instinctively stuck a toe out and it took it into the far corner. The third goal was a great save by Wayne Hennessy that had it been an inch higher would have given him a chance to at least stand up and catch it. Uh, and an inch and a half higher would have gone into the third row for a corner. Right. So it came off the bar to one of the world's best finishers for the easiest goal he's ever scored as a Manchester United player. Right. Precisely. You know, what are you going to do? I mean, it's, that's unfortunate, but Burnley really showed a a good account of themselves. I think, and the scoreline really flattered United. Um, It was a great goal also by, uh, by Aaron Lennon. It was great work to win the ball off of fabulous goal. uh, Was it, was it Matic or Bailly or somebody that had a Mm -hmm. poor touch in the middle of the field? It was Bailly who had the poor touch. Yeah. And, um, and Aaron Lennon stolen his first goal for like three years or some shit. So I want to leave you with uh, one final thought before we uh, go into the betting segment here is uh, remember earlier in the week, I had mentioned the, uh, the courage that it took for the official to uh, make that call for a holding on to a player on a corner kick in the Leicester Manchester city match. I'm, I'm baffled why the courage wasn't there as uh Tchaikovsky goes to head a ball that ultimately gets very safely saved by, um, by David De Gea while captain Harry Kane. I mean, Harry Maguire has his arm completely around his back and a handful of the front of his shirt as he's 
throwing him into the ground face first. I, I, I guess we're not that courageous to catch that one, right? That's, that's just all part of the game, right, Sam? All part of the game. It has to be. Sure money. All right, guys, this is the part of the show where we give you our absolutely sure picks to win money and help you make money as well. Uh, in our sports betting segment, sure money. Um, I lost because uh, Everton and Newcastle didn't play, but one of the legs of my parlay did go off and I missed that round. So I, I did lose that round. Uh, Sammy, how you doing? Uh, eh, lost because the only thing that I hit on the uh, on my proppy that I was going for was the uh, over on the corners because everything else went completely wrong. But I wrote for the uh, cup of years losers. I'll keep losing. So Liverpool doesn't win. So there you go. And I will do right there. And uh, I'll tell you what, I, I like seeing Klopp uh, cry and I'm now down $1,445. Big Sam's lock of the week. Much like how we do production. 9.52381% of the time it works 100% of the time. Um Sam, I don't even care about winning money. I'm going to keep with a bet. I'm going to go ahead and pick Liverpool because if I pick Liverpool, Liverpool doesn't win. So I am going to go ahead and pick Liverpool to beat Chelsea at the bridge at plus 135. Okay. That seems fair. Good for you. Um, I have a text message Mm -hmm. from a very sleepy. Very good. Very good. Yeah, because I totally forgot to get in touch with them. So good. You do have a a bet, though. I do. And now it's time for our degenerate gambling friend, Pat's Pick of the Week. So I don't have it in front of me. Mm -hmm. Okay. But he did. uh, His bet was canceled because the game didn't go off Mm -hmm. at all. Right. Um, so his bet's off. So I don't remember what he was down, but he's down. Right. Um, Liverpool to beat Chelsea, uh, 200 to win 270. Okay. So that's what he's got going this week. So we'll see what happens there. Yeah. We, um, we talk about, since we talk about us being tired, uh, that man has to, uh, lug around the, uh, the, 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 the sins that we have created. He's taken around 100 cases more to every account than he probably normally does. So that man's got a tough couple of days ahead of him. Actually, he doesn't. Why? He was waking up to go goose hunting tomorrow at 4 a.m. Totally forgot it was Thursday. Ran my Friday route today. Oh, no shit. Good for him. You better bring some goddamn goose over, I'll tell you that. Okay, then we want some goose. All right, there I was giving him a big old pat in the back, and he'll be listening to this tomorrow as he's sitting around <laughs> goose hunting. So As he's going, ooh, ooh. I don't, I don't have the calls. I don't know what geese said. Honk, honk. All right, go ahead, Graham. What do you got? Do your thing. Uh, all right, so my cup of losers is I only took the L because Pat did last week. Um so I'm now down 107, as I said. Uh, Tottenham, I had this week, uh, I'm going to take the Sam stance on things mm-hmm. and I'm going to just bet my rival on some weird shit. And if I win, I win a lot of money. If I don't, fuck it. Yeah. It was worth it. was worth it. Uh, Tottenham to win by an exact score of 3 0 and Harry Kane anytime goal score at plus 1634. Nice. Who they playing? Uh, Watford yeah. away. Okay. 
And I think the three nil is what did it. Cause I think the bookies think it's going to be four or five yeah. <laughs> or, or being Tottenham, it'll be two nil. Yeah. The three nil exact score I think was plus 1800 by itself. And then, um, no, it's not. It was, uh, I mean, plus 1600 by itself. And then Harry Kane, anytime score added me 34 whole dollars. <laughs> Excellent. Well, um, <laughs> Hey, you know what? We're we're pretty tired. You can tell we're kind of running out of steam. It's been a, been a hard month. You know who never runs out of steam? Kitty the chicken. Well, Kitty's on a bit of a burner and sits at ten over seven. So this week, I gave Kitty Southampton welcoming Newcastle. Now, Kitty showed me a photo of her and Premier League all-time goal score leader, Alan Shearer. Hmm. They were both backstage at a Sting concert. Now, little-known fact, Alan loves Sting, and Sting loves Newcastle, so Kitty is picking Newcastle to get their second victory. Is that right? Yeah. Am I reading that correctly? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's not a typo. Second, second, that's that's correct. Yeah, only second one of the year. Holy shit. You know, they suck, man. (laughs) Holy shit. So, uh, apparently Sting loves losers, and he's picking Newcastle to get their second victory of the season. I don't, I don't know why I questioned you. I just, I couldn't believe that it's only their, their second victory. It's questioning Kitty. Kitty writes this bit. You know, you know, <laughs> I, it's a good thing she's not a goose because apparently Pat is turning uh, all of the geeses he catches tomorrow into jerky. Mm. But uh, do you know what's not a jerk move? What's not a jerk move? Remembering to gamble legally and responsibly. Terrible. It's terrible. I don't it's care. It's terrible. I'm all right. I don't feel well. Championship corner! I've fallen and I can't get up. Oh no! Programming note to both of you idiots. <laughs> My Your goodness. jokes are a lot funnier when you don't laugh at them as you're <laughs> fucking saying them. All right, jerky boy. <laughs> okay. <laughs> What's going on in the championship, Mr. Graham? All right, so, uh, so on Wednesday, uh, Blackburn took care of Barnsley 2-1, Middlesbrough 2-1 over Blackpool, Millwall beat Coventry 1-0, and I think Coventry's game already been postponed on Sunday. Mm. Um, so that's something. Those are also the only games that took place yesterday. Uh, today, we had Darby County, another fucking win, 2-1 over Stoke. Uh, you had Huddersfield 1-0 over Forest. QPR 2-1 over um, whoever the fuck that is. I've never seen that abbreviation before. Oh, Bristol City. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then you have Bournemouth uh, over Cardiff. And that is everything else is postponed also. Right. Um, that is going to give you right now, live uh, and in person, AFC Bournemouth still on top of the table on 49 points. Fulham didn't play, now have two games in hand on 45 points. So they could overtake them uh, with their games in hand. Blackburn on 24 games and 45 points now level with Fulham, but Fulham only have a game in hand on them. Uh, you have West Brom on 24 games as well. 41 points Middlesbrough, 25 games on 39 points Huddersfield rounding out the playoff places in 20 on 25 games with 39 points QPR though, in seventh with two games in hand on the two, just above them uh, on 38. So only a point back. And then you have Stoke again, still two games in hand as well. Um, just four points back on 35. So those playoff places could get thrown up in the air uh, sooner rather than later. Darby County now 
Uh, real quick, bringing up the bottom, Barnsley are now firmly in the relegation zone as well on 20, uh, 23rd place with just 14 points. Darby County in last place still on seven wins, uh, 10 draws, seven losses, um, only a minus one goal differential on 10 points. Safety is only 11 points away. Hmm. Keep plugging away. Just keep four plugging games. Away. Four games, and they still have twenty-one games to uh, twenty-four games to play. They're on the exact halfway mark. Yeah, just keep plugging away. I mean, it's, so it's it's, it's a yeah. hell of a story if they can pull it off. It really, really is. All right, forty-six. So it's twenty-two games. I finally worked the math out in my head. Atta boy. All <laughs> right. So uh, that's going to wrap it up, boys and girls. Sammy, any parting words? Did you decide on your favorite show title of the year? Condom. It has to be, right? Yeah. The condom of football. The condom of football. <laughs> it was probably us talking about Jose Mourinho knowing it. <laughs> it's fucking brilliant. Do you know what's great? Because the contender for this week is Toothless. I'll see myself out now. <laughs> <laughs> um, no, uh, everybody, have a gr- hope you had a great year. Um, not all of us did. Uh, stay safe. You know, tomorrow, do, do well, tonight through the magic of radio mm-hmm. do everything that you can do to, uh, to keep yourself safe, keep your family safe, keep working hard and keep plugging away. We're going to get through this, but we're only going to do it together. Absolutely. Well said. Happy new year, motherfuckers. Yeah. Can I have some parting words? Sure. Go ahead. Happy birthday, Sammy. <laughs> Thank you, darling. I do appreciate it. It is. Uh, as you're listening to this, it is Sam Houston's birthday. Fuck new year's yeah, 40, 49 years around the sun. 49 That's right. So, so jump jump in the old socials at D Football Show on all of them and wish Big Sam a happy birthday. Yeah, the final the final years of my 40s starts tomorrow. And then I trade you in for a younger model. <laughs> yeah, I would. Fuck, that's what I would do. <laughs> After what happened Sunday, I might not be here. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Excellently said. Next up is going to be injury time where we're going to preview the weekend's action. Uh, talk about... Uh, there are uh, adopted clubs and uh, all other kinds of fun chicanery. Should one want to find uh, injury time, Sam, how do they go about doing it? One more time for the year, sir. It is very simple to do so. Let me put my old leg out to, you know, catch this taxi. It is patreon.com backslash do you football show uh, and sign up to our one very simple, very easy $5 tier to get both of our extra shows for the week. Excellent. All right, everybody. Happy New Year to you. Till next year. Cheers. Born in the land of Bowie, Maryland. Bred to be a fan of fucking Everton. Punch you in the eye and drink your rye. Sam Houston. Sam Houston? Arsenal fans have another Sam. Right AA, the fucking Gooner Graham. Smoke of a lord, but straight in shorts. Sam Grammy. Fucking new button!